Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 121 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again is Matthew Simpson of Awesome Friday, even though today's Thursday. But welcome back to the show, Matthew. <laughs> well, I mean, Awesome Friday, as we say on the show, Awesome Friday is a state of mind, not the time and place, so it works. And thank you for having me. Uh, it's uh, it's been a great time so far, and I'm glad to be back. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to have you back. Also, it's always fun talking about credits for for longer than one expects to talk about credits. <laughs> Finding all the little <laughs> the little fun tidbits along the way. Yeah, that that that's what. Yeah, and I gotta that, say, you've done a you've done a bang up job just like digging into these credits and pulling out in, in, interesting facts. Like I, I looked at them a little bit, but like you've been really like dove in and I got to say, I very much appreciate that. Well, come on, this is my fifth season doing this. So, you know, I, and, and I'm not one, you know, there, there are people who do these shows and, and don't do the credits. And, you know, I, I, I can honestly say that I don't watch the credits on every single movie that, that, that I watch since I do watch a hell of a lot of movies, but you know, for, for these, I believe that, that, you know, when you're breaking down a movie, then you need to break it down completely. And one of the things you do is you break down the credits and, you know, you'll mm-hmm. always find something interesting in the credits. If you, if you, if you look, you know, um, yeah. uh, as, as evidenced by this show, it's, uh, you're doing a great, <laughs> doing a great job. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I, I, I thank you for that. My, my next season will be a little more difficult to do that since there are no credits at the end of the movie. But yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> oh, have you announced? Have you announced what your next season is going to be? No, 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 not yet, not yet. So people are going to have to wait until till this coming uh, Monday, and they'll be able to, you know, to be able to hear it. We're 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 getting there. We're we're getting, uh-huh. we're you know on on Sunday I'll probably announce what what Monday's movie is going to be for anyone who hasn't been you know the the, the I, I like throwing out uh, hints along the way. And, you know, early on, maybe in this season, I even mentioned, or maybe it was last season, I mentioned what I was planning on doing, but people are just going to have to come back on Monday to find out specifically what it is. But it is a black and white movie. That's the the one uh, tidbit that I will give at this point, which means that, you know, that was back in the days when all the credits were at the beginning. So, like, the first two minutes yeah, of the movie, was... the first two minutes of the movie are all the credits, you know, instead of doing them at the end. And... Most of the credits they they have in those movies are you know the the above the line credits you know they're, they're, we're not going to get mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to get uh, you know sound editors and and foley editors and things like that and, and yeah. that. but but craft, you know, they, craft you know, services and that's that right that's right wait hey craft services is something we're going to talk about today you're 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 jumping the gun a little bit Matthew yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, whatever whatever the next movie is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you again when we're not recording. But uh, whatever the next movie is, I look forward to it. Okay, I'm glad. Thank you. Even though you already told me you didn't want to be a part of it, but that's fine. <laughs> if you, you wait, did I? Yes, you did. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I I will definitely uh, hopefully have you back for for season seven when we do Die Hard three. You know that the Die Hards. It's nice. those are the ones that I'm. You know that, that it's the every other other season will be a diehard. That is the plan. Again, at least for two more, seven and nine. The plan is diehard three, diehard, uh, diehard four. Uh, I nice. I don't think I'm going to do diehard five uh, in this format. I will probably 
my my assumption at this point, and again, I'm still a few years away, but uh, my assumption is I will probably do it as a bonus episode. Uh, just me and a few other people, you know, making fun of them, maybe doing a real a real time commentary or something like that. That that's that's what's in my mind right now. Who knows what'll be in uh, uh, how many seasons is that? That would theoretically be well, actually, it would be the end of the ninth season. So it's still got four seasons until yeah. I get there. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, or you could. Or like instead of doing a bad Die Hard movie, you could do a good non-Die Hard Die Hard movie. Just saying, like just just jump to the same format but different different franchise. No, I can do that after, you know. And I, I you know, yeah. I at this point it's open ended. You know, I I don't, you know, there there are people <laughs> there are people who say okay they're gonna do a franchise and that's it. They're gonna you know move along stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Episode 121 begins with the recording mixer credit and ends with visual effects credits from ILM. So yesterday we we ended things, you know, we were talking about uh, some of the uh, sound editors. Uh, you know, we had uh, Bub Asman who worked with uh, Clint Eastwood, won, won two Oscars for his work uh, with, with uh, Eastwood. And then the credits continue. So we got the uh, re-recording mixers and the ADR editors and the uh, Foley mixers and and all those things, and you know, I mean, to me, it, it always amazes me the number of people that they need for all of these type type of you know to to the number of people to put together a movie. And again, this is a movie from 33 years ago. Today, you know, there there are movies that you sit through you know 10, 12 minutes of credits. You know, here, yep. this this movie I think has six minutes of credits or seven minutes of credits, which which for the time for the that time it still was, uh, you know, pretty pretty uh, pretty long. But still, you know, just the, all the different people who have to do things here, just unbelievable. Um, and then we we yes. right then then we get into the uh, special effects coordinator, and then they have a list of all the people who worked on the special effects of this movie. To me, it just it you know there were there there are twenty seven people listed here, you know, and that just uh, you know, again twenty seven people working on special effects in a movie like this. You know, this is not a Marvel movie. Uh, most of the effects probably have to they're they're probably practical effects. You know, the the whole idea of having you know uh, the the plane crash and and uh, you know even just showing a plane flying through the air stuff like that or or maybe the 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 fight scenes and stuff like that you know with the the squibs and all that stuff i don't know um and so you know all the, all the bits and pieces required to put it together and, that's right you know they can't uh couldn't fake it with computers like they can today and even that would you know that might actually lead to more credits now because you need multiple animators and correct designers and so on yeah, I mean, for me, what what I always find find interesting is that when you have, I, I I always prefer practical effects. You know, obviously, in practical effects, when you're dealing with with uh, movies dealing with sci-fi in the future and or different worlds and stuff like that, obviously, it's it's much more difficult to do it and make it seem as real, as, you know, as you can do today with uh, you know different CGI graphics or or stuff like that. So I'm not against it, but in action movies, to me. You know, there's nothing like like uh, knowing that that the type of stuff they did here was all practical. You know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so of the 27 people 
that uh, that are listed here in the special effects team, uh, there's one that jumped out at me, and I decided to, to look up, and that's uh, Timothy Caps, and it's his his credit here is Timothy T C Caps, you know, and so I just it, the name just jumped out at me, so I said, all right, I'm gonna go check it out and see what it is, and what I found out here was is, is that this is his only movie credit. <laughs> It's his only one. It's the only movie credit on IMDb. <laughs> this is the only time he's here. You know, this this TC, oh. Timothy Caps. So wonder I, if he's somebody's nephew or something. Uh, it could be. I mean, there was nothing listed on IMDb about him besides the fact that this was his own movie. His only movie that uh, that that he was in. And then after that, we have the construction coordinator, followed by the graphic artist. And the graphic artist, his name uh jumped out at me his name is jimmy j hinkle so i said okay that name sounds a little interesting and the standby painter is named john hinkle so again it goes back to what we were talking about uh, the last two days you know that, that these must be family businesses so you have the graphic artist and the standby painter who's both have the last name hinkle which again makes it sound as if there's some sort of relationship between them. So Jimmy, hmm. Jimmy J. Hinkle, his, his name is actually James Hinkle. Uh, and, you know, you were talking two days ago about that uh, James Horner unfortunately passed away on your birthday, but James Hinkle and I actually share a birthday. Uh, he was born on January 11, oh. 1953. Uh, he's obviously 21 years older than I am. But, you know, I, I just found it very interesting that, that uh, we, we do share the, the, the date, not uh, the date, not the year, you know. And he, mm -hmm. what, he has 43 production design credits, 29 art department credits, and nine art director credits in, uh, in IMDb. And it, it mentions a trivia bit about him where it says that he is ranked within the top 100 uh tennis players in south california and that he is also an avid surfer you know and this guy's 70 years old now <laughs> so i find hmm. that i find that quite interesting uh, i don't know when that that piece of trivia is from but uh you know the the fact that you have the the guy who's the graphic artist who is also you know an avid surfer and tennis player you know was was pretty interesting and the other guy, John Hinkle, uh, who, again, I couldn't find out whether they were brothers or how they're related. Uh, he has 29 credits in the art department and one in the production design. So, again, I don't, I don't know their, their real connection, but I'm, my assumption is, is that there is some familial connection between the two of them. That would be hmm. my guess. I wonder, and honestly, it would be equally interesting to me whether they are or not or are not. Because uh, like we've seen so many like family connections in in these credits so far, it would actually be interesting to have two people with the same name that just aren't connected for a change. Right, that's true. Also, <laughs> you know, it's just coincidence that we had two Hinkles, you know, uh, you know, working in the yeah. art department. And especially with such like I don't know that Hinkle is the most uh, uncommon name in the world, but it's definitely not the most common either. So <laughs> it would actually be maybe more interesting if they weren't related. Yeah. <laughs> that's true uh well you know if, if if i really had the timing from inclination you know to try and cross-reference their movies would also be interesting 
you know, if they worked on the same movies together. Meaning then you mm -hmm. say, okay, there must be some sort of connection between them, you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, I'm not going to go through 29 different credits of each of them just to double check, uh, you know, to see if, if, if there's, you know, what movies, uh, correspond, mm -hmm. you know, between the two of them, but, uh, anything's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I would I would well, love just, to I would love to be able to do it, but you know, it just uh, that that's actually very that's time a, consuming. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I was just looking through the credits for the special effects guys. Um we took a short just a short break and um a name actually jumped out of the list for me. Uh if you um if you look in the special effects credits and it's actually a person the reason I didn't I didn't notice it initially when I watched the film is that he's apparently uncredited, but he's on IMTP. Uh, and that's a guy called Michael Meyer. <laughs> Michael Meyer? Which, A, uh, yeah, A, scary. Um, but also, he's an uncredited pyrotechnician. Oh. Have you seen this guy before? <laughs> and it feels like on this movie, which very prominently features several large explosions, maybe the pyrotechnician should have been credited. Um, but also, it gets even more interesting than this. If you look at this uh, on IMDb, so his name is Michael Meyer. Uh, he's uh, tragically he passed uh, a couple of years ago. But he has uh, a number of credits on IMDb. And almost all of them, there's like almost 20 of them, are actually in the sound department. Um, but he has a dozen credits in the special effects departments. They are, <clears throat> they are all for pyrotechnician. And all of them except for one are uncredited. So oh, wow. what's I just find that kind of fascinating. Like, is this guy just like in the sound department and just being like, Hey, are you going to, can I be, can I help you blow something up? Like that must, I don't know how you get into blow it, like blowing stuff up and get uncredited for it. But that just seems, there's gotta be something going on there. Maybe right? it was, like, maybe it was by weird. accident. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he's just a, like, not a good guy to have on set. Maybe he just like caused problems. They're like, uh, but, Hey, uh, Hey, Hey Meyer, get rid of that cigarette. And you just threw it on the side and it, uh, you know, yeah. completely blew all something out. <laughs> yeah. But of all the films so, and like a lot of these films where he's, in, he's an uncredited pyrotechnician, like they're not small films this is the hunt for red October, die hard Two, um, the rocketeer. Um, and, but the only one, where he's actually credited as a pyrotechnician is apparently Back to the Future Three. <laughs> Interesting. And I just I just find this kind of fascinating. It's like, how how do you become a pyrotechnician? How do you do it so many times uncredited? And how do you get credited the one time on like a western that? I guess there's a big explosion at the end, right? When the train goes over the over the ravine. Spoiler sure. alert. But well, he's he's I also I don't I mean if you want to talk about other uncredited things that he's done, he was a carpenter on Basic Instinct. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is definitely yeah. a guy who who he was he was in you know he is uncredited on the Swing Gang in nine months and in The Rock. I don't know what a Swing Gang is. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It must be uh, some kind of construction. He's also apparently like one, two, three, four, five, he's got like seven or eight credits as uncredited as a lighting technician on movies like The Presidio. And the doors, oh, and wow. I know what you did last summer. Like this guy seems to be very seems to have been very steadily working in Hollywood and not getting a ton of credit for it. That's right. Wow. 
Here, he was a cable person in the movie Big Eyes. And then he was uncredited as the cable person in The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, so I don't don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah. Like, most most of his credits are uncredited. I find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I had trouble actually finding him when you you told me his name because, you know, his his name is spelled M-E-I-E-R. You know, I was looking uh, for M M Y E R or, yeah. Uh, or I mean, maybe I mean, maybe he was just Michael Myers. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he needed to keep a low profile. That's right. Maybe he was on the lamb or something. Hmm, it's very possible. And he he has he has a son that's listed in IMDb. And his son hmm. his son has one credit. For he was on the TV show Midnight Color as a boy on bike. That uh, makes sense because according to this, <laughs> uh, the man himself, Michael Meyer, did like thirteen episodes of that show. There you go. And uh, spoiler alert was uncredited for all of them. But his son got credited as the boy on bike. So there you go. <laughs> uh, again, it's just uh, it's just fa- again, it's just fascinating how many of his credits are just not credited. Yeah, like seriously. I think I can count on one hand the number of times he actually would have shown up in the credits for all of these things that are listed here. Right. It's true. No, but again, that's the good thing yeah. about IMDb. IMDb on, on IMDb, he is credited with all of the things that in the movies himself, themselves, he's uncredited. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so a, that, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually, if you think about it, he doesn't have that many credits. Was he have his, no, he's not his like 40, a, his, like a his, his a total of 46, 46 credits total. So, yeah. And I think I'm just looking at uh, the movie database, which is IMDb's like open source competitor. And they only list stuff that he actually got credit, that people actually get credited for. So of the 46, uh, seven of them, he was actually in the credits. Oh, okay. So hmm. it's like less than, it's like 20% maybe. Yeah. Take. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, it really is. All right. Um, so moving along in in the credits, uh, we we get all the the various assistants. We have assistants to Larry Gordon. He has three. Assistant Joel Silver. He's got one. Who I wonder if she later became a producer, along with uh, you know the the one we talked about yesterday. Uh, <laughs> assistant to Chuck Gordon. Assistant to Steve Perry. Uh, Rennie Harlan has two assistants. Bruce Willis has two assistants. Uh, so you know it's uh, interesting. Um, Hmm. Right. So Joel Silver's uh, assistant, her name is uh, Jennifer Todd. So let's let's see if Jennifer Todd uh, was was able to to do something else in in the uh, movie industry after after being uh, Joel Silver's uh, assistant in this movie. Um, and oh yes, she's a producer. There you go. <laughs> She has 40 credits as a producer. It's interesting, too, actually, because wasn't the other woman we talked about who's a producer who was Joel Silver's assistant also Suzanne? Susie, Suzanne Todd? Her name is Todd, too, right? Maybe there's another family thing going on there. Uh, maybe. That's right. Oh, wow, because it's Jennifer Todd and Suzanne Todd. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. She's married to Chris Messina, and she is the younger sister of Suzanne Todd. There you go. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Family... Family business. Yeah, yeah, right. And as I said, she's she's been married to Chris Messina for a number of years. Uh, don't know how long. Doesn't state here, but it just says that they have two children that were both born 
uh, was it 15, 16 years ago? So, you know, so I, I guess they've been together at least that long. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay. Um, and then as the, the, the credits continue, uh, I love we, we get like a, a first aid guy. <laughs> and then I always love looking at the transportation the guys. So you have the transportation coordinator. His name is Captain, in quotes, Jack Leitsky. All right. So I, I looked it up. <laughs> and I just love the fact that he's known as the captain. <laughs> You know, these are the guys who are driving everyone around on the set or off the set or between places and stuff like that. And, you know, his he has 24 credits on uh, IMDb in the transportation department. He was born in 1933 and passed away in 2011, which means that he was 78 when he passed away. And when this movie was made, he was 57. So, you know, the, he's the captain. So he was... Uh, mm doing stuff there and then you know we have a list of the the five drivers and then we have four transportation captains who are not named captain and then we have the caterer so we have the caterer it says caterer tony's food service and then underneath it says tony Karam. so you know that got me thinking is it is this, this you know is tony's food service the name of the company that tony tony Karam uh owns and it turns out it is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that tracks. Yeah. But no, it's funny that they would have both of them listed there, you know, as opposed to just yeah. saying yeah. that the caterer is, uh, you know, Tony's food service. Uh, and yeah. so he himself, Tony Karam, has 67 credits in IMDb as the caterer. And Tony's food service is listed on 198 uh, titles that they're the caterers. Oh, I wonder if maybe they must have multiple, maybe because all of, I'm looking at Tony Karam right now and Basically, all of his personal credits are like caterer or chef. That's right. Uh, That's right. So perhaps, perhaps Tony Swords Soup Food Service. Maybe he has another chef working for him. Well, as he well. does because he has a nephew whose name is Ivan Karam, who is a chef and who is listed. Yeah, there you go. There. That's, he's also a a movie chef. Now, I mean, have, have you ever been on a movie set? I've never have. Have you ever been on a movie set? Uh, not. So I live in Vancouver. Um. And Vancouver is uh, a place where lots of things film. So I've never been like purposefully on a movie set, but I have wandered into them <laughs> multiple times in my life here in Vancouver. And you can just sort of hang out and watch people film stuff and watch things happen. But no, I've never, I've never been invited. I've only ever stumbled into them. Right. So like for me, I, I just, you know, I always hear the term craft service, you know, that, that those are the people who make sure that there's always, uh, food around for the, the cast members and stuff like that. So, like, immediately after, we have a credit for the, the craft services. So it got me thinking, okay, well, what's the difference between craft service and the caterer? Like, if the whole idea of craft service is you have all these tables that are filled with food, you know, for everyone. So wouldn't it just be the same company that's, you know, preparing the food and then putting it out? I mean, I don't think that the caterer is preparing the food and then bringing it to the craft service guy. Um, I mean, I I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe maybe it's snacks versus meals, or and, maybe it's like pre preparation versus coordination. No, I think I think you hit it. Like I think you hit it on the nose with your first uh, with your first guess. Guess the difference between uh, you know snacks and so it says uh, craft service is different from catering. Uh, 
Craft service refers to the food always available to the crew while they're working, while catering is provided by a catering company or a restaurant that handles full meals. So there you go. See? Right. Typically, there is one main table yes. where the snacks and coffee are set up, which is simply called crafty or the crafty table. Occasionally, there are two craft service stations, with one being for the cast and crew and another for non-union background actors. Ah, so they got different food for those guys. Um, a satellite crafty may set up next to the camera as they may not be able to leave their workstations. In addition to snacks and drinks, the craft service department clears the set of trash. Aside from snacks and beverages, craft services may also supply bandages, aspirin, gum, antacids, toothpicks, hand sanitizers, sunscreen, and hand warmers. So, hmm. yeah. So now, now I know what the difference between a craft service and uh, the caterer is. So, yeah. Well, now so do the rest of us. That's right. Yay. <laughs> the more you know. That's right. And knowing is half the battle, right? <laughs> Now, I'm going to mention something here now, but we're going to talk about it tomorrow. They they have listed here someone as the video playback operator, and the name is David Katz. Just keep that in mind for tomorrow. We'll, we'll get back. We'll, 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 we'll you turn back to here tomorrow you know, to, keep, to keep everyone on the edge of their seats. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we get the uh, credits for uh, uh, ILM. So you have visual effects by ILM, a division of LucasArts Entertainment Company, Marin County, California. And then the supervisor of visual effects is named Michael McAllister. You know, maybe maybe related to actually McCall uh Home Alone didn't come out yet. Nineteen ninety, wait. Home Alone Home Alone came out this year, didn't it? Nineteen ninety? If I remember correctly. You know, I I don't remember. Uh that sounds right though. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, so to Kevin McAllister, uh, maybe this is one of his brothers. Or maybe it's his father. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's uh, working in Hollywood while his son is a home alone in New York. There you go. And it is Christmas time, so it could be uh, around the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we, we, we have a list of uh, all the different people who are working on ILM. Uh, there, there are quite a lot. I mean, compared to a, a, a heavily uh, special effects movie, there isn't very much here, but uh, they, they still do a nice job of... Uh, giving us a bunch of people uh, from ILM that are mentioned here. You know, you have the visual effects editors and coordinators and, uh, you know, you have the, the executive in charge of post-production and uh, three visual effects camera operators and production coordinators and a, a matte camera supervisor. So, yeah, nothing nothing really jumped out at me uh, among them. The, 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 the credits here mm. for the, the, the people from the... Uh, uh, from ILM, you know, I, I was actually hoping that I would find like names that I that I'm aware of. The only one, the closest that I've that I can come to here is Jennifer Knoll is here, and so I was thinking maybe she's related to, you know, to 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 a famous Knoll from from ILM. What do you think? Mm -hmm. do, do you know who the famous Knoll from I, I, ILM is? Uh, that's a. Uh... John, that's right. John, right? John Knoll. John, John Knoll, yeah. This is John Knoll's wife. Mm -hmm. um, the two of them have four kids together, and uh, she worked on The Hunt for October, Ghostbusters 2, Die Hard 2. Hmm. You know, those, those, are, uh, those, those are the ones that, that, that jump out. Uh, in general, she, she only worked on six movies in the visual effects department. She also worked on Back to the Future Part 2, Space Invaders, and Back to the Future Part 3. 
you know, she was the visual effects coordinator on uh, on five out of six of those, and then on Space Invader, she was the production supervisor. Hmm. So it looks like uh, uh, looks like her husband has been busy, keeping busy enough for both of them because he's working on all the current Star Wars stuff. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, they're they're probably fine. Uh, they have four kids. Uh, someone's got to take care of them, I guess. Right. Now, my assumption is that the kids were, were probably born around this time. You know, maybe that's yeah. that's why uh, she, you know she intermittently was was on movies at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because if she was born, she was born in '63. So if this came out, so she was 27 at the time that she was working on mm-hmm. this movie. So that that, that yeah, timeline. Yeah, timeline makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Anything jump out at you? No, not really. Okay. Um, There's definitely like a ton of names from ILM, but I didn't recognize any of them. Right. Exactly. You know, again, it would be interesting to go through them one by one and see, you know, who's still working at ILM after 30 years, you know. <laughs> but no, anyone out there who wants to do it, go ahead. Let me know. <laughs> there. <laughs> You know, there, there are certain things I'm willing to do minute by minute. I don't know if that's one of them that I'm going to, you know, go go and spend the time uh, cross-referencing, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, no script because uh, we, we are done with the script at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, basically, what we have is, is the segment for Thursday. So, Thursday's segment today is uh, called Aviation Thursday, where my guests will give their top five uh, movies that are somehow related to aviation, whether it's, uh, you know, in a uh, mo- movies dealing with planes, airports, spacecraft, something like that. Something that's related to aviation. So, uh, Matthew, why don't you start with your number five and work your way up? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to, uh, as my number five, um, I'm going to go with a plane-based action movie, and I'm going to go with one that we I mentioned a couple of days ago, and that is uh, Executive Decision, which is uh, let's be honest, it's not necessarily a great film, but it's a uh, it's a good film, and it's basically Die Hard on a plane. It features an early death scene by Steven Seagal, and a fun performance by Kurt Russell, and an early performance by Halle Berry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a, a delightful. And one of the, I think, only times I can remember seeing David Suchet playing anyone other than Poirot. Uh, and I always, I actually really like David Suchet, and I kind of kind of wish I got to see him more in other roles. Okay, that's fair. Now, do you know a, a uh, an actor that is both in this movie and an executive decision? Yeah, because John Leguizamo is like a main, uh, like, Special Forces team member in this, and he's like unnamed thug number four in Die Hard 2. No, he's named. Uh, his name, I, I know he has, his name is Bert. I, I, I know he has a name. His name is Bert. He has a name, but he dies really early. <laughs> no, so. he doesn't. He's I he's one of the last ones to die. We talked about this a few days ago. He he's the one who dies at, along with Garber. He either died, you know. Oh, that's right, 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 right. In on the snowmobile, snowmobile, uh, in the in the lake, or just getting shot by John, who steals his snowmobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the big chase. Yes, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, it's one of those two. Um. Yeah, and he's one of those ones where you, when you see him, you're like, oh, wow, that's a child version of the guy who I know. <laughs> it's uh... a... <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, so let's move on, I guess, to number four. And I had a lot of... I actually had a lot of trouble putting this list together. Well, I don't make this, this easy for you. Movies. Come on. 
There's just a lot of good plane movies, but I think for my number four, I'm going to have to go with the Nicolas Cage classic Con Air, which, Ooh. again... Jay, Jay and Mark will be happy know. that you did that. <laughs> yeah. So this is a movie that I don't know if it's, like, good, but it's also incredible uh, and features some just incredible character lot work and line work from uh, Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich in particular. Um and it's basically nonstop fun, and I, I enjoy every frame of it. Uh, I do have a hard time getting past Nicholas Cage's like weird Southern esque accent. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I'm the same it, way. It's, but it is a, it is a fun movie regardless. Yeah. Um, moving on though, uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to pick a Scorsese picture and say that I adore the Aviator. Uh, which is the DiCaprio picture about Howard Hughes. I think it's one of uh, DiCaprio's better roles. Um, and an incredible supporting cast as well, featuring Kate uh, Blanchett and John C. Riley and just uh, uh, Alan Alda, um, uh, Alec Baldwin, like, and, and everyone just at the top of their game. But really, uh, really one of the, I think one of DiCaprio's best performances to date and of all the like uh collaborations he's done with DiCaprio uh, with uh Scorsese I should say uh this this is the, the one that really like cemented that relationship for me all right very cool uh number two I'm going to cheat very slightly uh and say that uh Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick together would be my number no two. you gotta pick one of them uh, you gotta pick one I gotta pick one. Yeah, because oh, I'm, I'm giving. I can't. Uh, what I'm supposed to give points to both? Come on, that's not fair. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, well, in that case, then let's go with uh, let's go with Top Gun, the first one, the original, the one I grew up with, okay. the '80s classic, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a very slight movie, and but also like maybe it might be the perfect encapsulation of just the 1980s as a decade. You know, a uh, little bit slight, very jingoistic, um, very pumped up on itself, uh, a little bit homoerotic, and uh, and just Amer- America, like, hoorah, you know? <laughs> and also just, I do think, we don't talk about it a lot, but I actually do think that Tom Cruise is really good in it. Uh, I think it's one of, an earlier example of him really giving his all to an action role and... Uh, really like i i think it's the i don't think it's the one that really solidified him as like a huge star um but it certainly didn't hurt and uh i think that if he'd if his performance in it wasn't as good it wouldn't have been as as influential as it is okay yeah uh and then last but not least uh since we're talking about uh airplane movies we get to talk about my all-time favorite movie which is just airplane <laughs> the 1981 uh, 80. Zucker Abram Zucker 1980 sorry uh, Zucker Abram classic which I have seen uh, more times than is countable um, and is a movie that I love because uh, a it's hilarious start to finish sure some of it's a bit dated and problematic now but the beauty of a film that is as funny as this one is that if you don't like a joke, you just have to wait five seconds for the next one, which will probably be hilarious. <laughs> uh, and also just 
it is also so dense with jokes that like there have been things I've talked about this in other podcasts, but like I think it was only last year or the year before I noticed a joke for the first time. And again, I have seen this movie more times than I can count. But there was uh, there's a moment that I noticed for the first time, yeah, just like two or three years ago. Right. Uh, I, I understand that. So there's <laughs> it's so it's so dense. There's so many things happening in literally every frame. Uh, you know, we all remember the you know surely you can't be serious jokes um but yeah there's there's just so many to go on and and a great example of how deep and dense it is is that anytime the jet plane is on on screen there's two turbo prop noises in the background that's which i find hilarious (laughs) (laughs) okay that's Uh, fair and true story there's a there's a great there's a great dialogue exchange that happens a number of times in the movie where um Peter Graves is captain, captain over on the plane. And someone will say, do you want me to do some task? And he says, no, why don't you take care of it? (laughs) And uh, in, in my career as a manager of people, um, I did that. I did that joke a lot. Basically, anytime anyone asked me if they wanted to do, if I wanted them to do something, I'd say, no, why don't you take care of it? So (laughs) this movie's had a very profound influence on my life. (laughs) That is very fair. That is very fair. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the list. And true story, if you get it, if you get a chance to see it, it's actually based on a Canadian made-for-TV movie called Zero Hour. Zero, I've seen which it. Which is also very good. I've seen it. It's, I re- I really like it. I think it's a really great example of like a '50s melodrama, and it's incredible how much of the script and just the scene and camera work of that movie is lifted whole cloth into airplane, but somehow becomes hilarious. Yes. Based on the context or some tweak of the performance. Right. Yeah, no, I've 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 seen it. And I'm, I, I've I've always been a big fan of Dan Andrews, so uh, you know, I like it. It's it's not as good as Airplane, you know. That that's what it comes I mean, down no, to. it's not as good. But it. it but uh, you know, the, it's also a totally different kind of movie. But it's 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 not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. And you know, the main character's name is Ted Stryker. <laughs> yeah. So. Which is not an invitation to hit anybody. No. As. <laughs> no, but that's Tony Decker. Decker, Decker, Stoker. Yeah. No, Stryker. Stryker, Stryker, Stryker. You're right. That was that was a Stryker joke, not a Decker. There is a Decker here also. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. So, Matthew, you want to once again tell people where they can find uh, Matthew Simpson? Yeah, like I said, the easiest way to do that is to go to my personal website, which is stretched.ca. You can find links to all my recent work, uh, as well as all my social medias, of which there are ton, a ton now. You can also find me on the social medias. Uh, the main ones would be Twitter and Instagram. And at this point, basically Blue Sky, uh, where I am at Smathew AF, at Smathew AF, and at Smathew, respectively. Um, and you can also find me on the Awesome Friday podcast, my regular weekly movie review podcast, which you can find uh, on your podcasting platform of choice. All right. Excellent. And while you're doing that, you can go rate and review and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com, or you can find me on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay! Yippee-ki-yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air Quaint little villages here 